0: what is up world john shoot here with another anchor podcast hope everyone is doing well during these interesting times we are living in i have the pleasure today of being with kevin wong and tim woke of clean technique kevin and tim how are you guys doing today not too bad. Thanks for having us, John.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. No
0: worries. No worries. Um, uh, you know, I want to dive into your guys' story a bit. I know we've had some pretty great uh, conversations um, the past few times that we spoke. Uh, very intrigued that you guys are from the e- the East Coast and uh, are going to be setting up clean technique, which is going to be cannabis contract manufacturing in Massachusetts um so could you maybe tell us a little bit more about clean technique and what you guys are planning on doing yeah sure at a high level i would explain ourselves
2: as a scientifically and quality focused contract manufacturer extractor that's basically looking to provide manufacturing extraction infrastructure to to not we're focused on startups right now because we feel like resources are particularly limited with them, but also for larger companies and brands as well. But what we really want to do is provide a reliable manufacturing partner to um, resource-limited companies where if they're growing, that they don't need to worry about building out manufacturing infrastructure and doing a whole nother raise. It's pretty much another capital-intensive venture for them but it just allows them to really focus on what they want to do specifically whether it's growing creating a brand we kind of want to alleviate that burden from them let them know that they have a reliable uh partner that they can really bank on to provide consistent quality product as a as a base for for whatever their product may be
0: that's awesome yeah and that's you know i would say being in the cannabis industry for i think this is like my sixth year, you know, of cannabis specific work, um, that perspective and that consistency isn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of press and a lot of uh, talk in the industry about bad practice and, um, you know, things not being consistent or as trusted as you may think. Um, so when you say extraction, are you saying um, you guys will be doing like vapes and Uh, biomass and um, you know like live resins and stuff like that or is there a specific type of extraction you're going to be
2: yeah so we're really we're we're very data focused so what we really did was analyze the market and what the top drivers of the market currently are we figured that if we're going to take a risk to enter this market that we should at least address um, products that have a high demand and that based on our limited resources as a startup we kind of Honed in on vapes and edibles, so really our f- four product offerings would be um, bulk oil, uh, white label vapes, but also tolling for for biomass as well, and and lastly um, data driven consultation to actually guide our clients um, in in product development, product formulation. Um, we we have a goal to make this very strategic um, versus transactional with our clients. Um, that way we feel like. If we're both vested in it and we both have uh, educated, solid interest in in making each other successful, that it, it just tends to deliver better work. So we're very vested in the long-term uh, strategic success of our clients, not just, here, give us some
0: biomass, we'll give you some oil, and then pat them on the back and be like, good luck, we hope you make something yeah." <laughs> yeah, so which was- is the case I think for some for some folks. Yeah, which is which is interesting. So yeah, I see. You know, I'm on your website, CleanTechniqueLabs.com, on the what we do page, and yeah, I think I think this is very intriguing for newer or startups because you guys are walking through uh, startup support with a business plan and license applications, which are super difficult in the industry. Product development, which you know every brand could constantly needs upgrades on. Uh, sales and marketing strategies, which is, you know, you need that to push the products to create the demand and operations, which need to be refined for everything else to work properly. So um, that's awesome that you guys offer that. Um, And that's that just kind of goes to show, you know, how much you guys care about the work you do, because you're not just looking at it from the four services you provide, you're looking at it from the big, uh, larger perspective. So kudos to you guys for that. It's awesome.
2: Well, appreciate it. Like, absolutely. We're basically Trying to What we're trying to impart on our clients is, if that was our company, right. how would we drive that? And I think based on our backgrounds, two of us come from the life science pharmace- pharmaceutical healthcare sector. So our model is based on a contract development and manufacturing organization, which is really prevalent within the pharmaceutical industry, which provides manufacturing services, but also helps with the development of the product as well. And what we really feel is how can you help someone develop a product if you don't know anything about the industry? And based as opposed to providing opinionated advice to our clients on how we think they should develop a product, market it, or sell it, we're actually trying to use data to guide us. So it's less about opinion and it's more about numbers because numbers don't lie. I think that's where... I'm the sales and marketing guy and Tim is more the data guy. He comes from an academic research um, realm, which is very data focused. And I know yeah. Tim want to kind of expunge on yeah. that as well.
1: Well, I mean, Kevin said it well in that uh, we're really focused on strategic partnerships instead of transactional relationships. And so when we arm our clients with up-to-date information on the national market and national trends um, that we have access to via some data analytics firms, And then we also analyze the the in-state market. So for us in Massachusetts, and we can see where opportunities lie. And we would generally recommend that that Massachusetts will sort of equalize toward these national trends. So we can tell our clients, okay, the the market as a share for your product is X size nationally, but in Massachusetts only this. So that, that represents a big opportunity. And then we can go a little deeper, and this is what your competitors are doing, and kind of provide a full service experience for our clients. So again, they can focus on what's most important to them, which is growing their brand.
0: Totally, yeah. I mean, there's music to my ears as a CEO of a marketing company. <laughs> you know, I, I totally agree with that approach. You know, from from every from every perspective. You know, and that and data is such a huge driving force, um, in everything I do and everything you guys are doing. And um, it's great when you have a client that understands, you know, that full spectrum of how, you know, everything really needs to come together for for each aspect of it to work properly. Um, so that's awesome that you, that you that's your approach. Um, again, you know, just kind of, you know, I know we've talked about all this stuff before, but you know, it's, I think it's really good for people to kind of understand that. Um, yeah, so they kind of, okay, I'm sorry. Good. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that kind of just leads me into, um, you know, you guys mentioned, you know, you have, you know, such interesting backgrounds, but even before your professional and uh, experience, you guys have a history together, your whole team. Um, I know in uh, one of the emails that you sent, Kevin and Tim, you guys have known each other for about 23 years and um, the rest of the team is about, you know, over 20 years as well.
2: Yeah, so three of us, um, Tim and myself and our operations guy, he's kind of like our mad scientist that you would want in the lab um, running the daily operations. Um, We went to Ithaca College together, so we've known each other since our college days over 20 years, and our, our pedigree finance guy is actually a family friend of mine that I've known since I was out of the womb. So we feel kind of honored that we are able to do this with people we trust, that we have a synergy with. and. It get it's much more efficient that way that when when we can speak our minds and tell people off when we want to but also know that what they're capable of what their strengths are what their weaknesses are yeah There's no dancing around hurting people's feelings so we don't care about that because we've been friends for for a long time but we also come from very different backgrounds but I think the unifying thing about us is that we're all very OCD we're all very analytical but we manifests in different ways. Whereas Tim is an academic research guy. I'm a sales and marketing guy. Um, Rob, our partner who isn't here, uh, which he could be because he is a trip that he is so detail oriented. He has uh, experience managing labs, bringing diagnostic uh, kits for infectious diseases from R and D stage to, to production and to market. Um, And then our finance guy, who's just strictly numbers. We feel we have a, very well-rounded group to kind of address all the basic needs of a foundational startup um, and we can each know what necessary skill sets And as we build out the organization what we need um, that we have very different perspectives that really strengthen the company as a whole So, um, so we do feel really great to be able to be working with friends but just also people that we respect
0: yeah that's that's awesome i I totally agree I know that there's it it, it, it in some situations it can be a double edged sword working with people you have mm-hmm. you know intimate relationships, whether it be friendship or um you know girlfriend wife you know best friend whatever it may be um but you know i i puff creative where it's similar like you know i grew up or uh, you know at least for you know close to twenty years now I've known my one business partner uh, my other one was my intern um and you know We just are all so different, but just complement each other's skills and complement each other's personalities so well. And just, yeah, like, you know, tell each other kind of how it is and, you know, take no offense, no hard feelings. But um, I think that you guys and me both are lucky because that's not always the case. (laughs) Yeah, I think you nailed
2: it on the head. I think if you have or surround yourself with people who think just like you, that you don't get different perspectives and you aren't challenged about
0: Oh, man. Yeah, you're gonna and fail
2: they want to be challenging there to get better. So I think it's like you said, it's very important to have that synergy, but people don't think exactly like you. Otherwise, you could be heading down the wrong path and everyone just tells you to keep on driving. Right. So I think it is very important, like you said, that to have that synergy, but someone who can actually will speak up to you and tell you when they think you're wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, I actually I definitely think that I yeah, I would have made way more mistakes if I didn't have yeah, someone just with a complete opposite perspective kind of chirping in my ear. Um, and it's funny because I think that even like bad habits that have been long term of mine, um, you know, I kind of I feel like I used to be uh, from like a leadership perspective but even like a sales in the marketing perspective, like a bit um pushy and like aggressive mm-hmm. and always with good intentions mm-hmm. you know what i mean um but my one business partner is completely opposite you know he's like super you know doesn't worry about follow-ups you know kind of is the laid-back version lets things fall into place and um just from hearing his perspective on like my approach it's like man like now i feel like my approach is so much better because i look at it from like both ends of the stick um and definitely have like calmed down and you know <laughs> i mean have not been as uh, yeah aggressive as exactly. no noticed it like hurting me so um, yeah the yin and
2: yang right you got to have yeah both. You yeah have so true one without the other so it's like yeah.
0: that balance and
2: i think that's what you're kind of alluding to if uh I, and i don't think it's bad to be like very quote-unquote pushy but it means you're passionate about your idea right but that idea
0: so- kind of
2: checked. Yeah. Battle, by battle tested. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Through yeah, it's a it's the approach, you know, to the idea. Um so yeah, that's that's awesome. I think it, and I think it's just really um like this type of stuff is just really cool for I feel like people to listen to and relate to. Um because yeah it makes me feel good to to hear you know other folks kinda have a similar perspective on that. Um so on, on the on the different note um Let's let's kind of talk about cannabis and you guys are both from the East Coast. I know is it is are both of you from the DC area or so we're or all all three of us are from New England, uh two from
2: Connecticut, oh, one, okay. from and one from from New York City. So um very
0: northeastern focused. Okay. Yeah, so you grew, you guys grow up similar to me, you know, devil's lettuce. You know, it's gonna mm-hmm. lead to you, mm-hmm. you know, overdosing or hurting someone or whatever, whatever they were feeding to us. <laughs> um, when so when when did like? But for this and this question for both of you guys, um, like when was the first cannabis experience? Um, one, you know, like what, around what age, if if you're comfortable with sharing that, and then two, um, when. Did you realize that you wanted to make this like a lifetime thing, you know, and like become involved with business, which, you know, in this industry becomes your life, I guess. (laughs) Well, I'll go from my perspective. And I think
2: this is one of the beautiful things about it is.
0: And this is Kevin.
2: Yes, this is Kevin. So I think from a young age, I would say high school, we're probably introduced to it. Right. And like you said, it was kind of this it was exciting, right? It was something that you weren't supposed to do and it was a highly recreational environment. But that being said, it, it also created some timeless memories. Lots of friendships are built around Canvas in terms of its, its ability to really form a community. It's kind of, I kind of liken it to like music or sports. Like no matter where you come from, you sit down for a session, right? All of a sudden you are present because of cannabis and it's an it's an
0: immediate
2: common thread so I think from a young perspective it was recreational a social aspect that helped you really kind of break through the awkwardness of meeting people and and it was fun right it was you're using it for recreational purposes and, and you were having fun but also I think from my perspective a lot of people think oh you'll grow out of that phase right but as we have grown from high school students to working professionals some of us parents we've seen the evolution of how cannabis plays a role in our lives so looking at high school, it was pure recreational community social um but as you kind of evolved into a young professional it's kind of started to take on another role you had these other stresses now you had responsibility you had paychecks you had to manage your your finances it also started to creep in as something that was therapeutic and geared towards stress relief and not just for getting quote unquote messed up with your friends. Right. Yeah. Um, And then you might think from that stage, it might kind of slowly start to disappear from your life. For me, as a, as getting married and then having kids, I found that it plays just as a prevalent role, but very different. It's more about wellness now and be able to keep me in a good state where I can A, perform professionally, but also at a family level where stress is a killer, right? They say that, like, if you're stressed all the time, you take that out on the people that are closest to your friends. Uh, Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so it's been beautiful, really, watching the evolution of how it can fit into so many different demographics and where it was demonized in the 90s, which (laughs) grew up with it. Um, Yeah,
0: same, yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it was really just seeing... Wow, this this plant is so versatile and has so many different roles. It's not black or white. It's really gray. People use it for different reasons. And who is anyone to judge and say that? I'm gonna categorize it like this. I don't care how it makes your life better. It's wrong. Um, and I think that really opened our eyes to making it more validated in 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 life in, in the mass market that so many people are missing out on an opportunity to make their lives better through wellness, therapeutic purposes, just because it's been stigmatized. Um, So I think that was probably the beginning. We probably had that chip from when we were young in our, in our young, in our early twenties. And we've always seen it as something good. Like you don't, you don't get high and then get drunk. It's not like getting drunk and you get in a bunch of fights. You usually have a session and you talk with your friends and you have fun, right? You're still still constructive so we saw this like where people lumped it into like alcohol or tobacco it's it's not like that it's a completely different animal where it's so versatile and can bring so many different benefits to different people you can't really put it in a box and me personally we started this about what like three years ago this idea where we're like hey let's we tim was an academic our third partner rob was at a fortune 100 company i was at a fortune 100 company and not to say those corporate jobs weren't fulfilling in the sense that it put a paycheck on the table. It was consistent work, but it wasn't fulfilling on a personal level. We weren't, there wasn't the passion behind it where it kind of challenged us. And I think the idea really was, let's do something that we love. We we we're, we're, were about 40 then, so it was kind of like that turning point in our lives. Like, you're either going to be stuck at your corporate student tie job the rest of the life, or you can decide to do give it a shot and do something that you love and are passionate about. And I think that was the main driver for me personally. I'm, I'm thinking Tim is probably similar as well, but also <laughs> me personally during that time where it was just a personal objective, my dad got diagnosed with a stage four lung cancer. And through that, someone who would never touch cannabis, um, suddenly my family was open to it. They'd been reading about it and I, could speak to it personally. Like, hey, it helps with relieving anxiety, stress. It makes you hungry. And I saw someone who 1st never would have touched it actually start trying it. And I, I think I told you before, it didn't cure his cancer, but it was the little victories that one day that he could kind of just smile, hold food down. That was important to me. Yeah, And I think midway through the journey for me personally, it became even more profound that I see firsthand what a difference it, it could make for
0: someone who was struggling um, at a medical level. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it's, it's crazy that you've had so many different experiences from, you um, know, realizing the benefits of it, seeing how it can help you even become a better lover, dad, family member. And then mm-hmm. also seeing it from a perspective of how it's helping someone um, in your family who you love and is going through a health crisis. That's, you know, again, just something that's out of your control. Um, and that just, you know, it, it it reminds me of this one gentleman um, that you know, I spoke to a few months ago. Um, we met him through our, our cannabis doing good campaign. Um, I want to say we met him at like the Vegas conventions or something. But anyway, um, he was maybe the richest guy I ever talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's, he was from, I think he's from India. And his perspective on the plant was that it's most important for us to teach our youth about it. Because it's such, it can make their lives so much better if they can proper mm-hmm. have the proper perspective and not abuse it. And it's so important for elderly um who are passing away to utilize the plant plant properly okay. because it eases them into death more one, but also it helps them share their wisdom more comfortably mm-hmm. um, because his perspective was that with people the, the whole point of life is you know you get old and you pass on wisdom, and the problem with getting old and 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 passing on wisdom now is that you're typically given so many different medications and, um, you know, told to, do, you know, forced almost to do yeah. it in a certain yeah. way. Um, and it kind of dampers that, you know, that wisdom and that education that maybe should be passed on or those messages that are most important. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So I you you kind of hit something with me there is that I would see my dad, as he was going through his chemo, he had all these supplemental drugs that like 20 different prescriptions like that he was shoveling down but after taking any of those did he look happier did he look more at ease never Uh, yeah the only thing that really brought him relief that actually brought quality back to his life was was cannabis and also one thing i noticed is like in theory we were like oh the public deserves a consistent quality product because Something that's not consistent can ruin an experience. That was a theory for us when we started this idea. But I saw it firsthand. Like, yeah, my dad was eating gummies, gummies. And then we brought some back from California for him to try. And we split a gummy in half and we noticed it was way too strong. He kind of bugged out. And then he had been taking cannabis for a little bit and he was with good results. But now he took something that was a little too powerful and it kind of scared him from it. To the point where he didn't want to take anymore even though it was bringing him relief and then i saw firsthand like how quality does matter you could lose somebody you can lose the potential benefits or someone's willingness to try it if they didn't have a consistent experience and that really validated for me personally how yeah important
0: consistent quality was in this industry totally wow that's man it's the whole point man thanks for sharing that dude that's the whole point of this why even do this podcast um no, i appreciate awesome. it and I, tend to, like, <laughs>
2: yeah. I try to tend to like talk a lot so i'm gonna let tim talk about his, yeah, his tim, experiences yeah, no, because no, i think no we
0: worries, all no. have such deep no, connections. I, I think we got some really good points across from just asking you two basic questions which is you know i love um tim tell tell us a little bit more yeah. you know what, what what was your early you know cannabis experiences like and then what kind of led you to you know where, where you guys are at now
1: yeah, sure. I'll be relatively brief. Uh, I mean, my story <laughs> started very, very similar, No worries. Very similar to Kevin. And it was actually through cannabis that I met Kevin and Rob up in Ithaca, um, which awesome. is cool. And, but a very similar story. It was, you know, I used it in my youth for recreational purposes. And probably up until uh, I started my PhD in my early 30s. And, you know, the, the amount of stress and anxiety that was coupled with that and uh, I actually just graduated this May after eight years. So, wow, very, very, yeah, thank you. Very, very quickly, cannabis became uh, strictly for me a well. I mean, I didn't have time for recreation in any form really during those eight years. So it really became a wellness and and therapeutic product for me. Um, even you know, I even changed my usage and and would kind of prefer lower doses to to manage anxiety and stress and and help mm-hmm. with sleep. And in the later years of the program, I also uh, started using some CBD, too, which ha- which had good results for me personally. Um, and and ever since then, I really look at it as as a wellness product for me. And like Kevin was saying, I think that that's a big part of awareness is to tell people it's not just this thing that you thought it was and that the kind of people presented it as it is this di- very different and diverse thing and can meet you uh, where you are. And lastly, as far as getting into it, um, you know, very similarly, we were all at this point the end of my you know degree i had been trained as a social scientist and i was kind of on this path in academia uh, and i had been teaching at colleges and universities for for over 12 years um and i became a little frustrated personally that you know there's a lot of great research out there but as we know evidence doesn't influence policy in, in many spheres of society and i saw this opportunity to do something i'm passionate about with close friends who are very skilled and who i trust um and to really kind of use my ability, my research skills to have evidence drive drive clean technique. And, and that's what we've done ever since. And it's very exciting. I think this is inherent in all small companies that, you know, evidence, I've read once companies get of a certain size too, right? The, the politics really start to come in. And this is not to say that we will be able to avoid politics completely, but internally, we can use evidence to drive 100% of our decisions what we do and all the decisions we make and all the advice we give to our to our partners uh and that's just such an exciting opportunity yeah and I, I wish wish our uh, leaders of our country were had the same approach well well you know for from a research perspective the the cool thing is that there is a lot of really good research out there so hopefully you know we can, we can pay more attention to it as a society. And I'm not going to go down that, but in the cannabis, yeah, industry, yeah. in the <laughs> cannabis industry, the same thing is true. And as Kevin mentioned, you know, there's, you know, I, I met you through Twitter and I, I, read a ton of articles, particularly about quality. And, you know, there's examples of huge vape companies in the United States. Uh, the label doesn't even match close to what's inside the cartridge. This is happening in the CBD world. It's happening in the gummy world. And we really, Crazy. Need, like Kevin said, in the example about his dad, we really need, uh, when, when consumers take a product, they need to be 100 percent sure that what is on the label is what is actually their take. And, and we want to be part uh, of, you know, a very small part, but a significant part to contribute to that and help push the industry forward. Totally. Yeah, there needs to be. Yeah, there needs to
0: be a standard. And, um, you know, it's totally something that, you know what we're working through and towards uh, and a few of the other programs that I do on top of the marketing stuff and definitely want to stay in touch with you guys and connect it throughout your journey. Um, I really appreciate you guys sharing your stories. Um, I just wanted to kind of close things up here with, um, I know you, you know, you guys are, I just wanted to see where you guys are at in your projects. I know it's still kind of early on for you guys. Um, I know you are going through some um, fundraising um do, Any anything you guys want to yeah about the yeah and where sure you're at? It's funny because like we said we started
2: about three years ago and it was funny because this kind of mimics tech in a way back in like 2017 2018 it was like you had an idea and that potential was good enough for people to throw money at you but it's funny the the face of the capital markets within Canvas has changed right before our eyes where money was flowing before. All you have to do was come up with an idea and get some traction. Um, it was good enough, but it quickly changed from just an idea to having an idea and, a re- and real estate where you can operate. Then from real estate to operate to a license and then from real estate and a license to revenue. And you can imagine just because I think COVID was a big wake up call um, that things can change in an instance um, that made the capital markets kind of jittery um, in terms yeah. of putting money in the market. But what we've seen is it's funny because as the rest of the, well, the markets have kind of recovered now, but whereas the mar- market really struggled to keep pace with change, cannabis has been deemed essential and has been crushing the revenue numbers. And, we, and there, we've and we been hearing like, oh, cannabis startups should start decreasing their valuations because money is scared and it's on the sidelines. But at the same time, here's something in a crisis that is outperforming many vertical markets. Um, So it's been kind of strange to us. So we, we recently, we've locked down our real estate. We've gotten our provisional license in Massachusetts and we're currently um, about to begin building out our facility, but it has been very piecemeal. We have been bootstrapping and it's been tougher to raise, Money, um, just because uh, of the environment. So currently, we are still. I think we and we, like I said to you before, I think we'll always be raising to to build out, but to also scale to the next phase. But currently, we're we are looking to build our facility, outfit it, and get operational. So yeah, we are definitely still looking to raise capital. Um, we're very risk averse guys, so we don't want to just raise enough capital to get us out the gates. We wanna make sure that we're prudent in making sure we have reserves, that we can outlast any strange crises that pop up like COVID, the vape crisis. So I think one of our big themes in all four of us is mitigate risk, be conservative with your projections and don't assume anything. So um, yeah, very, That's a good
0: perspective just to having cannabis in general.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> whereas like it, it, something that's just built, been built on sentiment, And where now fundamentals, market fundamentals and business fundamentals are becoming more important for investors to want to invest in you. But we kind of see that as like, it should have always been like that. And we feel actually comfortable in that we have a very well-rounded team. Um, Whereas Tim and I handle the sales and marketing side and business development. Our our third partner, uh, uh, Rob, he is the OCD analytical science guy that is always looking to make things better and to, and to innovate um in the lab so we feel and then we have I know our the finance time. guy with his ivy league degree that can make yeah. spend our money <laughs> wisely we don't waste it and keep us on our track so we feel like we in this environment where fundamentals and leadership teams may prove to be the difference wh- whether people invest in you or not we feel confident that we are a good team to invest in that your money is as safe with us as it will be with anybody else in the canvas. Cause we are conservative We're we have a risk uh, averse model. And I, we really do believe we have a team that understands the canvas culture, but also the business structure and corporate structure where we can kind of blend both without giving up our core principles about how we feel with, with about the plant. And, and we think that together
0: is, is just a, a, a formula to succeed in this industry. Yeah, I totally agree. Not to mention, um, Massachusetts is a emerging market, you know, in, in cannabis. Um, so I, I, totally, I totally agree with everything you're saying and totally see the value, uh, in, in what you guys have to offer. And again, tip my hat to, uh, the professionalism, the passion, uh, the background, your experiences kind of your approach to all of this. So, um, Kevin and Tim, it's, you know, it's been a pleasure. Um, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to um, go over your story. Tell us a bit more about clean technique and your vision and mission. Um, People can uh, learn more about clean technique again at cleantechniquelabs.com. I will be sharing that URL in the podcast I do. Uh, as well as the, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the social media campaigns I do with the podcast, uh, as well as um, any other social media tags uh, for the uh, brand. So uh, anyone listening, if you want to learn more, uh, I will definitely be sharing all that info. Uh, and Kevin and Tim, thank you guys again. Uh, thank Thanks you, so John.
2: Much. And one last thing I want to add, John, is people like you yeah share this passion about cannabis that we've been able to network and have the honor of meeting that made this is making this journey even more exciting and more fulfilling. It's just to see the passion that is driving this industry in so many people that we met, you included.
1: Absolutely. Oh man. Thanks guys.
0: Yeah. So I couldn't agree with that more too. You know, it's always good finding uh, folks who are on the same page as we are. Um, And I totally see um disrelationship kind of blossoming in, in different directions so I'm glad that uh we, we already did a podcast which is pretty sweet right? <laughs> so, um well cool have a good rest of the day guys and uh, I'll be I'll be in touch thank you John uh, it was a pleasure John. all right see you see ya